All right. So, hello. Yes. What a <laughs> fantastic start. Welcome to It's Symbolic. I'm Jacob Savage, and I am joined by co-hosts, naturally. I'm your... And our third party doesn't exist, apparently. I'm the spooky ghost video game man, and I am Ben. Yes. Hello, Ben. So, given that we are literally just starting, thank you for listening. Assuming that you aren't being forced at gunpoint. The checks in the mail, in other words. Yeah, I, I don't think any of us would do that, but for... Those of you who don't know, we are a podcast that is planning on looking into cult media. Now, to put it in a way that people understand, Wikipedia defines a cult classic as a work of culture with a highly dedicated fan base. So a lot of people are familiar with franchises like Star Trek, Rocky Horror, some people list Doctor Who, Harry Potter, that sort of thing. But a lot of people only focus on films. Naturally, we're going to talk about films, but we're interested in everything that we can look into with these smaller followings. We're going to talk video games, books, albums, if we can find good enough ones, television series, so on. While these may not necessarily be mainstream, it should lead to plenty of interesting discussion, and who knows, you may... Find your new favorite thing, new favorite mm-hmm. show, movie, game, whatever. I'm just relieved that the gamers are finally getting their due. <laughs> exactly. It's been won't too somebody long. Think, won't somebody think of the gamers? And to start off, we actually selected our first episode to be on one very near and dear to my heart, the show Making Feeds. Did either of you really know anything about this before I suggested that we cover it? Yes. I remember uh, my older sister introduced me to Amy Winfrey's earlier project, which was Muffin Films. But yeah, and I actually found Making Fiends through that while it was still, I think, in its like first season quote-unquote. Oh, jeez, you are very... <laughs> I was an early adopter of Making Fiends. You liked it before it was cool. Yeah, exactly. Wow. In on the ground floor. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> God. Uh, ben, you know absolutely nothing, <laughs> While right? me, on the other hand, I'm just dumb as shit, and I don't know anything. So <laughs> I'm just here to sort well, of enjoy people who are smarter than I am talking about this. All right. So... Before we get into the work itself, I do want to talk about the works of the creator and showrunner, Amy Winfrey. She actually started her work in the late 90s in college, where she got picked up as an animator on a little show that was just starting out at the time called South Park. Oh, that's a start. Yeah, Yeah. that that is a start. But this was while she was still a student at UCLA. Admittedly, if you're going to take some time off to work on the South Park movie, I'm not going to blame you. That That's an opportunity. 
Her first big project was actually a thesis that she did called Muffin Films, which are 12 cartoons done in several different styles about, needless to say, muffins. Well, as good a subject as any, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, looking back, I discovered these back in middle school, and I thought it was the funniest shit back then. But is that is that indicative of the brand of humor we're talking about here? Because the, the it name is very mid 2000s yeah. humor. It's a bit it's of a very tip-off. early 2000s because they came out in the year 2000. It, exactly. And and I mean, they're well made, but you can like hear the audio noise when the recording starts. Right. And they're getting yeah. full use out of they're getting full use out of those tweens. Hey, kid, do you like muffins? But, you know, they're well received she gains a bit of an audience i mean she actually revisited these a few times most notably for the 10th anniversary which actually shows just how far she came in the intervening years so but if i might ask where were these hosted online back in the day because if i'm thinking like early 2000s web content i'm thinking like flash sites and you know yeah they were on like their own site like her own. Uh, yes it's its own domain i believe yeah okay so i couldn't then, i couldn't hit up the old albino black sheep or e-bombs world and catch the latest apps no but no. They, the website themselves are still around like oh, you no can kidding. still go to muffinfilms.com and it's there just almost all of it's been moved to youtube but it's all still there does it have that good old early 2000s web design yes oh thank god i'm so relieved <laughs> to hear that you hover over the little muffin pans and it they're all empty and then when you hover over them it shows the title on top of a muffin ah that's beautiful it's all very cute until flash but... dies and then it just all sort of is this what you want Yeah, but anyway, you mentioned hitting up the big old Flash sites, which actually becomes a major factor with her next series, Big Bunny. Big Bunny, Big Bunny, a special bunny friend. Hmm, I think you can tell what it's about. Mm-hmm. Again, very early 2000s. It's about three children who go into the woods looking for their dog, who find a giant... And instead, they find a Big Bunny... Yes, a giant pink rabbit that doesn't want them to run. He's their friend. Who may or may not want He's to He's the eat friend them. to these delicious children. <laughs> you will not run, tasty children. I will not hurt you. Again, it's pretty... And in the end, he may or may not succeed. Have to watch Ooh, to find getting out. A little... Keeping me on edge here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. getting a little cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, wow, I'm sold. Again, it's a lot of it's pretty similar. I mean, you can get a bit more of her later work in this. She actually has additional voice actors. But the most part, again, it's a lot of the same. This was made, as far as I can tell, in conjunction with the website hypnotic.com, which hmm. I didn't follow up on. I'm pretty sure it's not the same domain it was in 2001. <laughs> so maybe don't go there. It's symbolic does not condone this <laughs> Unless you, unless you like what you find, in which case you're welcome. Yeah, so the series was originally going to have ten episodes, but they asked her to stop making it after the sixth. But as like a, to say, this was as a mercy killing, or this was 2001. Anything goes. <laughs> so the wild west. 
Exactly. If you don't remember the early internet... Yes. It is. This experience led her to want to make her own series that she had full control over, which led to the creation of Making Fiends. Making Fiends, Making Fiends, Vendetta's always making fiends, Making Fiends while Charlotte makes friends. Making Fiends started in 2003, so there were a couple of years in between these. And it tells the story of two girls in a town. One who's a newcomer and the most optimistic girl you will ever meet. Very cheerful. Very peppy. Wow! We didn't have giant cats at my old school. And the other is essentially the dictator. Vendetta is a young girl with the ability to create fiends through what is essentially glorified baking. What I like to call the original monster factory. But mm-hmm. It... As a, is, oh, sorry. What were you saying? Oh, I was just saying, I, as a kid, I never really questioned how she made fiends or why. <laughs> I don't think any of us did. This, it's a, yeah, yes, the fiend thing is never explained. Yeah, it's just sort of, I just sort of accepted it. And a lesser guess... known school of alchemy. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. You'd better watch out. We can cut more than ropes with those scissors. Needless to say, Vendetta terrorizes the town and eventually manages to develop this rivalry with the character of Charlotte that she is completely unaware of. So this was... It's a complicated little work. I mean, I looked through it again recently, and since these are like five minutes max, it's in and out, not really any time for anything beyond the story that it's trying to tell. And it actually does develop a story of sorts after a while. Yeah. They start out very short and eventually kind of became a bit longer and more ambitious, like around episode seven, I think. Yeah, Um, that's... Which was, at the time, the longest at four minutes and 44 seconds. The show consists of two seasons, one each of them our 10 episodes lasted online from 2003 to 2005 with eventual re-releases in HD. And, you know, it's nice. It's a very simplistic cutout style, which works with what they're trying to do. It's not necessarily about the artistic merit. Here, kitty, I have something special for you. Super big fleas with knives. On to the main aspect in... I believe it was 2004 or 2005, the series was brought to the attention of Nickelodeon. Mr. Mr. Nickelodeon himself. Yes, Mr. Nickelodeon. Apparently the daughter of one of the executives was a fan of the show. Oh, no kidding, huh? So it was Mr. Nickelodeon himself. Eventually it came to be that, you know, they approached her. This was during the second season of the show, so it was still being made while they were in talks. Around 2006 or 2007, it got greenlit, and they produced full show. Oh, and full. Yes. They produced a full-length half-hour version on October 4th, 2008. You need to watch out for her. She makes things. Hideous things. It's 
interesting because it showcases what you can do with an actual budget. I mean, I love the original series itself, but an example... Like, it looks and sounds nicer in the TV. A lot of the animation on the web version is sort of tantamount to paper dolls, in a sense. Meanwhile, it's a lot more fluid and cleaned up in the Nickelodeon version. And the voice acting also sounds a lot better. It sounds a lot more professional, while for the web version, you could tell that these leads were being, these young girls were being voiced by two 30-year-old women trying their best. So it's not the same voices in the Flash version and the full televised version? No, it's the same. Oh. They kept almost the entire team from the web series, and only that team. It was written by four people, two of whom also provided voices. I mean, out of all of the characters on the show, only three people voice, I want to say, a bit over a half dozen recurring characters, mostly mm-hmm. Amy, Amy Winfrey, Peter Merriman, and Aglaia Marcheva, who plays Vendetta. Which is interesting given that she's mostly a character designer. This is pretty much her only acting role. It's become sort of the touchstone of this particular show in a way. I do not wish to sausage make or telemarket or jellyfish, you stupid little. Well, I'm glad that Nickelodeon didn't make them put Drake Bell in there or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I've seen promos where they got like. The voice cast from back at the barnyard. No kidding. Talk about it. And it's so surreal. I need, to, I need to check this out later. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like I said, I watched both versions. Or you watched the webtoons. Ben, we showed you the full cartoon. You hadn't seen it before. Did you have any particular have, thoughts on it? I have never seen it. Oh, do you want me to go right into my thoughts on it? Um, If you want. I mean... Let's see. You know, I'm trying to think about how I su- how I can really summarize it, because what what I liked about it, or what it sort of what sort of stood out about it to me, is it sort of takes these character of the week concepts. I would argue that both, particularly Charlotte and Vendetta as well, feel kind of like characters who would appear in a single episode in another children's cartoon, and. Learn a valuable life lesson. Yeah. Well, see, what I thought, the impression that Charlotte got me, that Charlotte uh, gave to me, I might be making this up entirely in my mind, but do you know that sort of uh, cartoon trope where the protagonist will, like, help someone out or, like, save someone's, quote-unquote, save someone's life or something, and then in turn that character will feel they're indebted to them and will just constantly dote over them and follow them until they become a total nuisance I might be totally imagining this or outing myself oh, no, as I, I something embarrassing, it. but <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I totally see. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. So that's the sort of thing that it, uh, it that it reminded me of. It was like that single, you know, one-off episode premise sort of expanded further. And to go beyond that, um, I don't really think that that episode premise is a particularly strong one, just because most of the time <laughs> it feels like the none of the characters end up coming out of it looking positively. Like, if you try to have realistic responses to someone who is overly affectionate or tries to become overly personal, it just, no one no one looks good in the process. Everyone feels bad because they need to be sort of standoffish. But when you pair that off with someone who is just comedically, like, you know, just someone who is like a literal dictator, pretty much, who is just, I think that, that as as a result, you have characters who can fill that trope, but you don't necessarily need to take pity on them or feel bad about 
uh, like her, you know, talking down onto Charlotte or anything like that. It's just, it's all so overblown that it's all the fun of that premise, but without any of the guilt or moral quandaries. She's so mysterious, but nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things that particularly struck me is that going back and watching the two different series, in the original web version, Charlotte is actually a fairly different character to some degree. I mean, she's hmm. still bubbly and kind of a bit dumb, but more grounded in a sense than huh. on the Nickelodeon version, which leads to a curious phenomenon where Charlotte is clearly the protagonist of the webtoons. She's the one you're supposed to be rooting for. She's not necessarily this big nuisance to anyone but Vendetta. Right. But they step it up for Nickelodeon, where she just goes more and more over the top, more and more overbearing, more and more... Destructive. <laughs> yes, destructive. And I'll be honest, for the Nicktoons version, I have a hard time trying to figure out which character is supposed to be the protagonist. Oh, I have a strong feeling on this, actually. I thought about this, and I most definitely think Vendetta is the protagonist here. Just the whole the way the whole way the episode's structured. Like, if you have a villain of the week show, the structure of it is, you know, the heroes are doing something, the villain responds, the rest of the show is spent trying to uh, answer that response to, you know, fight back against it, and then a return to normalcy at the end for the protagonists. Whereas in this case, because the, 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 the villain's weekly plan so quickly becomes upturned that the remainder of the show is spent trying to resolve that, uh, that resolve. upturned plan. The, yeah, the plan that has already been immediately ruined by Charlotte. And it usually resolves with a return to normalcy for Vendetta. Or just something that, you know, totally changes the circumstances of the show and is never mentioned again in future episodes. I mean... Yeah, that, yeah. now that you mention it, like, um, when I was growing up, I took a lot of writing classes, and the way I was taught the difference between protagonist and antagonist is that the antagonist isn't necessarily a villainous force, but they cause things to happen to the protagonist. They kind of force some sort of change on them. Yeah, exactly. And that's Charlotte. very much what Charlotte is doing. So they're kind of flipping the roles on their heads here. And that's something I really like about it, honestly. I will destroy you and all your stupid little hat. Yeah, I did actually, in my research, I did find that apparently the voice actress for Vendetta, who has a very thick Bulgarian accent, was originally cast as Charlotte. No <laughs> kidding. Jeez. Yeah, which would have been very interesting and would have liked to see that happen. They actually did do something similar with an April Fool's Day episode, but we'll get into that. Right. Yeah. I mean, in regards to the protagonist discussion, I just like terrible small children. So <laughs> Yeah, that's looking back on it, like as an adult and like knowing my tastes as well as I do and like what I like about stuff. Something I really love about this show that maybe didn't really occur to me as like an eight or nine year old was that it's the two main characters are both girls and they are both awful <laughs> in their own unique ways and that's great i love girls models. who are total yeah. shitheads especially <laughs> in fiction 
as the yeah, sort of role models. Especially we need. in especially in fiction that's not specifically aimed towards girls. Yeah. Because that especially never happens. Right. I mean, it's an interesting case. As you said, they're both awful people. But as the show goes on, Vendetta's awful qualities become more sympathetic. Mm -hmm. Whereas... Well, it depends on when they need to be sympathetic. You know, varies on episode. I mean, these two characters are an interesting case. I'm not really a fan of projecting certain things onto characters sometimes, but... When I saw Charlotte as an adult, I immediately thought, this kid has severe ADHD. Swing, 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 set, swing me to the moon. I can't breathe there, so bring me back. Take it from someone that is familiar with it, that is, it's actually a fairly good example. Oh, mood. But another thing that struck me was they definitely... Of course, they toned it down for network TV, but it is also, it is actually a very bleak series. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's bleak in a way that most of it's very much brushed over, that they just sort of, you know, have shots showing the state of the town, and it's not really lingered on very much. Yeah, people just sort of accept it, that their <laughs> stuff's going to get destroyed. I mean, the- People are going to get attacked. Yeah, yeah, life goes on. Yeah, the mortality rate's pretty high. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I didn't do a count, but for a Nickelodeon show, this has a pretty high death toll. (laughs) Like you said, it's just brushed over. There's going to be a line like, oh, Charlotte's parents are probably dead. They're astronauts. I'm sure they'll be back from their mission very soon with lots of stories to tell. (laughs) Or, yeah, let's just spend a minute and a half focusing on how the town of Clamberg used to be a nice place. We don't know what happened, but... Well, Vendetta happened. Well, now this little girl (laughs) runs everything. And no matter where you go in Clamberg, you'll enjoy the finest hospitality. Stay away, or I will put you in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's just testament to uh, the strength in the show's tone and how, you know, it's able to use its style and narrative to sort of cover those subjects without really affecting the mood of things too much. Because during the course of watching it, I don't, I certainly didn't, feel the need to stop and ponder upon any of these circumstances or, you know, none of these struck me as, like, particular downers or anything like that, even though they are very much bleak and... Oh, exactly. While Vendetta and Charlotte, neither one is necessarily the victor, there is always a loser, and that is everyone else in the town. (laughs) (laughs) Which, there are a few episodes of the series that focus on minor characters, Looking over the episode list, it is the episodes New Best Friend, Toupee, and Marvin the Middle Manager, which actually focus on otherwise side characters with that would, like Ben said earlier, be generally written off as side characters. Or yeah, gimmick. in the original web series, most of these characters just sort of existed like in the background. Just screamed. Yeah, they, they were screamed. one-note jokes. And that is something I really liked about the TV series, is how it expanded more on... Oh, precisely. Um, Those are some of the best episodes of the series. Yeah. But... Toupee was one, like, I really enjoyed. And anything to do with Marvin, also, I tend to really enjoy. Because <laughs> he was always one of my favorites. Take him away! My... My tie! My elbows! 
My career! In I think as a kid I wanted to be Vendetta, but really I was more <laughs> Marion. Goodbye, Claudia Colbider. Farewell, Audrey Armadillo. I'll send for you after I cross the border into Canada. Oh no. <laughs> That's so sad. You're... Yeah, the thing about these episodes is that every time the focus character of the episode generally ends up in a worse position than where oh, they absolutely. started. Which you don't really see as often, especially not on a children's show. And I have to admit, usually whenever shows uh, do that sort of thing where they'll end on a note where it's like, oh, you know, their house gets destroyed and then the next episode is fine. It's often a kind of off-putting thing for me, but something about just this the just how far into surrealism this show dips on a regular basis sort of eases that a bit for me same vein just the return to the status quo but now that you know that say the teacher is miserable mm-hmm. but i mean first of all it's a great way to prepare for adulthood but uh. <laughs> it adds a lot more depth it does sort of tie into my one real gripe about the show mm-hmm. is that it get it's pretty formulaic well yeah <laughs> when you get down to it oh no a giant evil pony <sighs> i don't blame them on some points like the first few episodes are like shot for shot beat for beat remakes of the web cartoons oh, okay then yeah that wouldn't affect me as much but once you get past that you still see the whole pattern of charlotte develops a new hyperfixation. vendetta retaliates with a fiend charlotte befriends the fiend vendetta is miserable right i mean i think i sort of see this as a parallel to or not not a parallel but maybe it's it's a reversal of the formula of you know your average superhero show with a villain of the week true and i mean to some people a lot of people actually the fiends are one of the biggest draws of the show Hmm. Way, uh, it's it's a, more like it. It's kind of a monster of the week, and you get yeah. to see like what the new fiend is and what they do and how Charlotte messes it up. <laughs> yeah, it's that's definitely a because uh, you know for all the shows there are with villain of the week out there, it's I think it's a pretty clever way of sort of turning that back around. Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, the design process was essentially just Amy Winfrey would take things from her sketchbook and they would approve of it. And it would be written into a show. It's actually interesting. I went back to like the 2009 web archive page on Nickelodeon.com for this <laughs> Does website. Does it still work? Um, through web archive. Uh, I don't know if it works n- normally. Probably not. It naturally has a fiend maker. Make your own fiend. Oh, that's fun. Did you make one? You have to tell us about it if you made one. We don't have the time. Making Things website is still there, but a lot of it is kind of... uh, Dead links? Yeah, and like, information stuff is like, full of, um, like in the about, or... Images that won't work was... Yeah, images are very, a lot of broken links, broken images. That's what happens. But yeah, Nickelodeon had a thing, like... Submit your fiend to Nickelodeon, and it could end up on the show. Did any of them end up in the show? <laughs> probably not, because it's probably only not, lasted a yeah, month. I mean, given that it was essentially a dress-up game, that sounds so fun, though. But, but yeah, I do feel like the 
formula of the show. They were sort they were starting to break out of it by the end, mm. where perhaps the biggest, the earliest sense of them toying with it is the episode Pony, where yes. Charlotte outright asked Vendetta to make her a fiend. That is, make a fiend for Charlotte, not make Charlotte a fiend. I'm sure that's the plot of many a fanfic, but well, uh, well we had to go there that. eventually, huh? I mean, if you want to do that research... Uh, I'll get back to you. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's it's clearly evident. It has the town trashed. And it's the last episode, so who knows if it would have brought back the status quo or not. Which is curious. I've always wondered if it would eventually go into new routes like the web series did. The web series ends with the town being overrun by fiends. And everyone has to escape by boat. Yeah, and they're Which... just adrift. Wait, that's how it you know, ends? End of series! Yeah, that's how it ends. Yep, end of series! <laughs> Please! Tell Charlotte! Tell Charlotte that I... I hate her! Jeez. Have fun, kids! <laughs> how does how does the timeline for this show work, then? Is there is there a uh, Vendetta Falls timeline, and that's that, <laughs> that goes into there, and I need to understand the I continuity mean, here. I always think about it as the... It's an alternate take on the same show. Like, there are a few characters that are show-specific that would have ended up in the Flash tune had they existed at the time. Yeah, because some of the Had Nickelodeon not demanded to know where these parents are. (laughs) Because some of these episodes are just, like, kind of recreating the original web series or, like, taking elements from them and sometimes combining them into two episodes or combining two episodes into one rather I mean, to be fair they are some of the most iconic episodes yeah. of the web series yeah you couldn't just not have scissor fiend my favorite fiend Ooh, a puppy i've always wanted a puppy <laughs> which is a lot less prominent in nickelodeon yeah I was pleasantly surprised when I rewatched the web series and saw just how much more of the Scissor Fiend there was. Yeah, I was sad about that. He saves Charlotte at one point from drowning. (laughs) Now that you mention it, this actually is a pretty surreal show. It's just, there's a throwaway line in the web series where Charlotte says, Oh yeah, I can hold my breath for nine hours. And then she does it. (laughs) It just cuts, jump cuts to nine hours later. Nine hours later. And her grandmother runs a store that sells candy and auto parts. I mean, we need more casual absurdism in our popular culture. I mean, I think that just, uh, you know, beyond just letting them, you know, take advantage of whatever creative ideas they might have had at the time, I think that that level of surrealism and all the all this abstraction does a lot to sort of help you sympathize less with the characters, to be honest. I know that's kind of a weird thing to say, but like it lets it lets me feel like I can distance myself and just sorta of, I don't feel like I need to feel bad for Charlotte because she's just trying to make friends and I don't need to, you know, feel bad for Vendetta because she just wants to be left alone. It just I can just sort of enjoy this bizarre world for what it is rather than try to Yeah, these this world where these characters are apparently literally monochrome. Yes. Yes, a fact which is referenced in the dialogue. (laughs) Multiple times, which is interesting, but... In in general, I just feel like that that distance uh, 
it removes a lot of the human aspects of it, which means I can just sort of enjoy someone being mean to someone else uh, without any guilt. So I haven't been able to find too much to back this up. The source itself has been taken down, but apparently at one point this was the highest rated original program on Nicktoons. Oh, like on Nicktoons Network, like the, the spinoff channel? Yes. Yeah, because... Yes, it aired on Nicktoons Network. It did not okay. air on Nickelodeon. But the first episode aired October 4th. Guess when the last one did? It's going to be sooner than I think. I'm sure of that. <laughs> November 1st, 2008. It didn't even last a month. Oh, <laughs> well... That makes me geez. so sad. It, it, it does. And it would... Just trying Nobody to knows why. Show. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Nicktoons. We're going <laughs> to speedrun the creative process. <laughs> God knows how many times they've done that already. Uh. Yeah, I've seen plenty of theories as to why the show has been canceled, but you've never had anything official. Creator hasn't commented or anything? No, she has not. I don't, I don't not. think so. I mean, I, I looked... A lot of people say that it was probably just because the show was so dark, even if it's dark light. I don't know. Hmm. And also, they didn't really, they didn't really like promote it at all. Yeah, they, I mean, they they gave no promotion or advertisement. Yeah, so they God were pretty much done with it. it from the start, even though it was in development for like two years. Did it have hmm. a, a troubled development? I don't know if that was mentioned anywhere or not, but that seems like a while. I don't think it's, so, because it seems like it was mostly the same very small uh, team right. of people working on it. Yeah, they were just in talks for a long time. Ah, I see. Because, I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem like the sort of show that had much in the way of any like creative differences they needed to resolve or anything like that. From the sounds of things, the show that aired on television seemed pretty in the spirit of what was originally up online. Yeah, the the most plausible theory I've seen was that because it took so long to get developed, those that had originally been all for it had left the company by the time it actually hit the air. Aww. Which is disappointing, but admittedly it is a very niche audience. So Mr. Nickelodeon had disowned your, his daughter at that point, you're saying. <laughs> well, Mr. Nickelodeon kept the rights for himself. Oh, I suppose he did. Oh, he just wants to yeah, keep it all so... to himself. He's so selfish. What a bastard. There hasn't been any additional making fiends since then at least nothing mainstream there was a there was an april fools episode and they made a thanksgiving epilogue while the nick tomb was in production and there have been two april fools episodes released in the past six years one 2012 one 2015 i hate balloons here's your surprise oh that recently yes I guess 2015 isn't that recent. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, the passage of time is terrifying. I mean, considering that yeah. the Nicktoon ended 10 years ago, which is particularly right. horrifying. Well, that's not really any sort of time landmark for me because I had no idea in the first <laughs> place. So I still feel young and spry. Since then, despite the lack of making fiends, we have had a few more projects from the people involved. I did find, really the only thing I could find of Vendetta's voice actor, besides a few, like, character design credits on Family Guy or whatever, it's like a very somber Flash cartoon about depression, which is joyful. Huh. And then, 
Amy Winfrey, essentially, she has made a few more cartoons on YouTube, which are Squid and Frog, which is, I have seen described as her least popular show. I don't know how that is. It's essentially what it sounds like. She's also made a few individual ones. Personal favorite of mine, if you're looking for suggestions, Fun with Cobra. And she revisited the Muffin Films Perhaps her most recent work is that she has directed some of my personal favorite episodes of BoJack Horseman, so at least she's keeping busy. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, and according to her website, she has a new top-secret television series in development. Hmm. But I do not know... When, when I do not know how this? recent this is. Given how long this has been around, I mean... The Making Fiends website has links to AIM icons. <laughs> well, did you grab one? You know it. Well, I, I, I don't know. Look? They're all broken images. <laughs> oh, maybe a broken image as an AIM icon. I started at. That's making a unique statement, I think. I mean, she Making Fiends held an annual art contest until 2015. So wow. the, the fan base was still there, despite the brief huh. splash was that it, it made. Was there any reason they stopped after 2015 um, in particular? They just moved on? All the kids know. who loved it as kids grew up. I don't know. It does have this audience, despite only lasting six or seven episodes, depending on what frame you're using. And it wasn't even legally available for a while. They only sold the DVD for a while through a contest in, like, 2008 until it got added to Amazon several years later. Right. Nickelodeon's generally surprisingly good about offering their shows via digital formatting when uh, there aren't any rights issues. Yeah, I think you can get them on iTunes now, also. At least the original ones. I know that they released them over there. But yeah. I was actually kind of terrified to be looking back at this show since it was not necessarily near and dear to my childhood, but something that I recall watching and enjoying. Yeah. And like right. going back, I realized like kind of how formative this was for me and like how much I still like think about despite not having watched it in several many years and cuz like I remembered a significant amount of like dialogue and songs and stuff of the original web series. So I'm glad it holds up. I mean, you know, obviously cuz I haven't seen it, it's not really a uh, a point in my childhood, but I'm sure Jacob can testify to the fact that uh, web series can certainly have an effect on uh, uh, your, your lexicon and just your sense of humor for come years we, to come. We've all seen Homestar Runner here. We all know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's certainly something I'd recommend checking out at least. I have seen Definitely. multiple like, people like if... convinced that they made up this show. Yeah, like, if you've never seen one series or the other, I would check out check out both of them. Because um, I've actually never seen the TV series. I watched all of the... I followed very uh, religiously the web series, but I never had cable growing up, so I never watched the TV series until we streamed it a couple nights ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, they're two very different products, but they both hold up. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was definitely pleasantly surprised just because I feel like a combination of like one web humor often gets a bad rap with you know often yeah with a good lot reason. of a lot of uh, sorry and two, I was interrupting oh, you. Yeah, sorry. I was just saying. Oh no, go ahead. That, yeah, like a lot of early to early to mid two thousands webtoons do not hold up. Oh, absolutely. This case, like, given I'll go to bat for like animutations any day of the week, but there is still a bit of that mid two thousands lol random humor. Charlotte brings up yeah, monkeys there's a lot. There's but... some. Yeah, that song about monkeys yeah. was originally from the web series episode two because Vendetta yes, because makes it a bring looked like a monkey. She it brought up a, a monkey. Feed. It did not look like a monkey in the TV show. <laughs> I don't know why she started singing about monkeys since. The monkey fiend wasn't there because it's 2007 and she's random yeah, maybe so maybe there's like a little bit of that there but it's it's definitely palatable i mean i'm not sensitive to that sort of thing i don't think it's fair to dismiss something based off of a little bit of random humor and i think in a lot of cases people are a bit quick on the trigger with that but uh and also i don't think this is really a period in uh nickelodeon animation that people really what else was airing in, in 2008? Least, I don't feel like Mighty B? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, back in the power of Juju? It's not really an era that's looked, up, looked back upon <laughs> that far. <laughs> Setting the bar real low. Uh, so it's just it's, it's surprising to hear about a, a, a gem that came out of that era. And of course, it ended up yeah. getting buried. So That's what we're here for. Thank you for listening. I do yes. want to see... Oh, sorry. I, I do want to see this back at the barnyard bumper though, that you're talking about. This has yeah, been I've extremely never seen curious. Either. I'll post it in the group chat. Excellent. It's oh, not God, actually so back much. at the barnyard. It's just the voice cast. Good enough. Works for me. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to It's Symbolic. We'll be back next week with something completely different. <laughs> I'm Jacob. I've been Mir. Uh, I'm Ben. If you have a suggestion for something that you would like to see us cover, we are on Twitter at It's Symbolic PC. And on Gmail at It's Symbolic Podcast. We don't have a sign off. I guess I'll just fade out or whatever. I don't know. Don't you pretend to be dead? Okay.